Thanks for joining us and supporting Vikido Fitness. We ask for your continued support by becoming an It's All About Health and Fitness premium member. Go to www.vikidofitness.com forward slash join. Again, that's www.vikidofitness.com forward slash join and register for a $6 monthly subscription. And remember, keep listening, sharing, and checking us out. The views and opinions expressed are for general informational purposes only. Consult with your physician or medical health care provider for medical advice, diagnosis, and or treatment. Today, we talk about hot topics and research articles. Our topic today is, what's new? Hot topics number 67. Obesity is still a major health problem in America. U.S. adult obesity rate stands at 42.4%, which is evidence of the country's obesity crisis. When your job harms your mental health, you can advocate for your health and well-being at work. And here's how. Misguided masculinity keeps many men from visiting the doctor. They just don't like going to the doctor for anything. All this and more on It's All About Health and Fitness. Welcome to It's All About Health and Fitness with Dr. Vicki Hayward Doe and Dr. Virginia Banks Bright. This program is brought to you by Vicki Doe Fitness, a multimedia health and wellness forum. Now, here's your host, Vicki Doe and D. Banks Bright. I'm Dr. Vicki Haywood Doe, and with me is the one and only Dr. Virginia D. Banks Bright. How you doing, D? Hi, Vicki. How are you? I am fine. It seemed like we weren't going to start up today, huh? I know. <laughs> it was like curses, curses. <laughs> All around curses, but you were tenacious. That's it. We did it. You did it. Yeah, look, I pushed on through, pushed on through. I know, that's right. That's what you have to do. That's what you have to do. You cannot give up. You cannot give Uh -uh. up. Yes. No, these these electronic things, I mean, they just will... Oh, you know, when you think things are going great, it, just, it gets so frustrating, though, you know. I know, and then you have to troubleshoot. It's mm-hmm. always something. Exactly, exactly, exactly. But we are here today. Yes, we We're are. Here. Well, today we talk about research articles and hot topics that we think are worth looking at and talking about. Our topic today is what's new, hot topics number 67. Well, obesity is still a major health problem in America. The U.S. adult obesity rate, and this is according to the CDC, the U.S. obesity rate stands at 42.4%, the first time the national rate has passed the 40% mark, and further evidence of the country's obesity crisis. The national adult obesity rate has increased by 26%, since 2008. According to the CDC, the percent of adults age 20 and over with obesity is 42.5%. That's as of 2017-2018. The percent of adults age 20 and over with overweight, including obesity, with when you add both overweight and obesity, it's 73.6% of individuals, and that is in the year 2017 to 2018. So that's when these um, statistics were recorded. So this is data from the year as of 2018. So that's that's a lot, 73.6% adults age over 20 that are overweight, including obesity, that's a lot. Now, the percent of adults, that is a lot. isn't that a lot? The percent That's of um, adolescents age 12 to 19 years with obesity 
21.2%. And these are, that's the data collected 2017-2018. Also, according to the CDC, African-American women have the highest rates of obesity or being overweight compared to other groups in the United States. About four out of five African-American women are either overweight or obese. In 2018, non-Hispanic blacks were 1.3 times more likely to be obese as compared to non-Hispanic whites. In 2018, African-American women were 50% more likely to be obese than non-Hispanic white women. From 2013 to 2016, non-Hispanic black females were 2.3 times more likely to be overweight as compared to non-Hispanic white females. And then when we look at physical activity, African-Americans, and this is as of 2018, African-Americans were 20% less likely to engage in active physical activity as compared to non-Hispanic whites. And so why is this important? Well, it's important because people who are overweight are more likely to suffer from high blood pressure, high levels of blood fats, diabetes, right? Blood levels too, blood glucose. They're more likely to be diabetic, type 2 diabetes, and they will have more likely to have high levels of LDL cholesterol. And all of these, all of these are risk factors for heart disease and stroke. We are reaching out to you today. The weather is okay, even though it's hot and bothered now. <laughs> but we can at least, you know, go out, start walking. Let's take our health seriously. Go get your wellness check, you know, from the doctors and healthcare providers. And yeah, let's start today thinking about our health and maintaining our weight. If, if we can just at least focus on that, you know, maintaining and our Vicky, weight. Those, and, and, and Vicki, those statistics went up to 2018. I would venture to say in another year when we look back on what COVID did, mm -hmm. we talked about this before, I bet you those numbers are going to be even worse. I know. Uh, for all groups, for all groups, but, you know, when the African-American women were higher, they're going to be even higher. This COVID pandemic thing, I think, I think has had a major effect. Because if you just sit and do people watching, mm -hmm. everybody looks like they gain weight. You know, everybody mm -hmm. looks, you look at, like, I'm, I'm, I have some of my thinnest friends that I look at, I'm like, oh, she put on a little bit of weight. So I think that quarantining and all of that, so like you said, now that we can get out while we can get out mm -hmm. experience, hopefully we can continue to get out. But now it's time to get out and exercise, do some walking, some swimming, some mm -hmm. biking, some whatever. But, you know, another comment, too, uh -huh. is also what you eat. Big time. What you eat. So you got to change the way you eat. That's it. What they say, you cannot out-exercise what you no. eat. No. No, no, no. I mean, exercise is great and all of that. But typically what happens with people, they exercise and then they go back and eat and they, and they derail every, all the exercises <laughs> they just did in an hour. You know, it, and you can't burn up a 300-calorie cupcake in a half hour on a treadmill. That's, that's it. Just, unless you're running 20 miles an hour. And that's just not going to happen. Right. So you have to, because so. even, even in one exercise bout, we tell people the calories will burn will be between, if you're brisk walking, between 350 to maybe, if you do some running in there, four or 500 right. calories that you right. are going to right. expend. But if you right. sit down and eat, you know, and a lot of these meals that folks are eating, you're doing 1,200 calories. No question. In one meal. No question. <laughs> Not in, in a meal. day. No question. No. One meal. One meal. <laughs> right. No question. So it has to be a balance. And I always talk about the combo effect that's exercise and what you eat, nutrition, healthy eating. That's the key to be um, successful and have positive results. And so, yeah, we want to tell everybody while you can, while, you know, some of the restrictions are lifted, go out there and start 
living that life of health and wellness. You can do it. Exactly. Yes, yes, yes. Well, make sure, folks, make sure you subscribe to this show. It's all about health and fitness, Vicky Doe Fitness, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any of the platforms that you listen to your podcast. When you subscribe to this show, you will be notified when we post a new show and you will be able to listen to our inspirational and motivational health and wellness shows as soon as they are posted. And so go and subscribe today. We are right now um, getting our wonderful guests lined up to come on this show and we don't want you to miss out. Last but not least, though, I want you to remember to rate us. Make sure you rate and review this show. And because that is how we grow and increase our listeners. And so we definitely appreciate you. Make sure you go and subscribe to this show today. And as always, what do we say, D? Thank you, thank you, thank you for your support. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your support. Well, D, we getting that heat wave, right? <laughs> oh, I know. I know. But I keep saying, everybody just hold on because it's going to be snow soon enough up in here. It'll be snow and then it'll be dark because the, the days are long now and I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. You know, but it's going back now, getting shorter, right? Didn't it just? Yeah, it is. Minute by minute. That's minute what... by minute. And I'm one of these kind of people that I'll look on the weather thing and it'll tell you, you know, what time the sunrise and what time the sunset. And you see it changing just a, a, a minute by minute each day. Minute yeah. by minute. Yeah, slightly. A slight change. Slightly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. So I'm getting out there trying to exercise and yeah, when I do that and I hone in on what I eat and I get back, you know, strict on my healthy living, eating and stuff. Oh, yeah, I, I see results quick. So, yeah. Me too. Me too. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I'm not going to take any long trips. What about you for now? I'm going to just kind of chill. Going, I, well, I, I'm planning on going to Hawaii at the end of okay. August. We'll okay. see what happens. Now, Hawaii is a little stricter than because it's off the mainland and everybody who comes to Hawaii has to have a COVID test. So they have managed to keep their COVID numbers down much better than most places in the United States. Well, obviously, they're on mainland. They're off the mainland. That significantly helped them. And although, you know, and although, like I said, you have to have proof of vaccination and, um, and a uh, negative COVID test. But you know, as I have said on Facebook, I'm a little bit worried about this Delta variant thing. So I don't know about, you know, I'm, I probably still will go to Hawaii, but I'm not sure about the United States because this Delta variant thing is spreading like wildfire. So I think we have to really sit back and see and hope we don't end up back in mass again. Okay. You know? So it's spreading, so just, huh? Everybody needs it. Yeah, everybody just needs to, you know, I think people are running around doing victory laps and, Maybe just hold on, you know, hold on for now. Because, okay. you know, they're, and because, you know, I noticed, I, I don't know if you've noticed, like, you know, here in Youngstown, they're getting ready for these great big, yeah, you that. know, concerts and this, that, and the other. And uh, I know. I'm not so sure about that. I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's something. Well, hey, like I said, I'm going to kind of st- stay put a little bit and just kind of yeah. wait it out <laughs> that's that's probably the best thing to do uh-huh. yeah, just just sit tight and wait and see what happens you know because like i tell people we might want it to be over but it ain't over it's not over that's it's exactly not over. that's uh-uh. it uh-uh. so how was your week then how was your week my week was good you know i was still getting over the wedding and this that and the other but it was it was good I didn't really do anything. I was on call this past weekend. I work, and this weekend, I'm just kind of looking forward to being off for the 4th. You doing anything for the 4th? Andrea's going to be coming and spending some time with us. I don't know about Natalie, okay. but I know Andrea is. So uh-huh. I'm going to just kind of chill at home, get ready for her, and that's what we're going to be okay. doing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good, 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 good. Mm-hmm. What is going on this week? Well, as of the last hour, Vicki, everything, I everything. Know. 
I know. I know. Hot off the press, right, D? Hot off the press. I mean, hot off the press. It looks like within a matter of a few hours, Bill Cosby will be walking out of prison a free man. How about them apples? I know. They overturn it. They yeah. overturn the Supreme Court. And I was just listening to some of the pundits. Apparently, it's very unusual for that to to happen. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I guess in a nutshell, I mean, I'm not a lawyer, but they were saying that, you know, I guess they brought too many witnesses in and you, you shouldn't, he, they apparently should only have brought in one or this and that and this and that. And it just wasn't going to float. Wow. So, yeah. He is 83, though, right? He's just 80. He is 83. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, he has served three served three years in jail, in prison. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, hey. That's it. I don't know, I, now, I don't know. Has, is he divorced? I don't know. I don't know about that. But look like that was going on when he was going through his trial. Yeah. So that'll be interesting to research and find out, huh? Well, I I just just don't know what's going on with that. I know. I don't know what his home situation will be when he goes back home. But, yeah, that'll be interesting to find out. Oh, I know. Because it might not be nobody waiting for him. It might be. Might be an empty house. So there it is. So I, I, you know, I'm sure that everybody's gonna have their televisions all tuned and everything. You know, watching that today because, uh, you know, as I was just saying to you, Vicky, hopefully he'll just come out and go somewhere and sit down. That's it. <laughs> you know. Just, yeah. <laughs> just go somewhere and sit down. Just sit down yeah. and don't say nothing and just be glad he just, he's out. Just, just be glad that you out. Mm-hmm. Really. Mm-hmm. Because and they said he wasn't the, he wasn't the best you know inmate because he he kept you know declaring his uh, his innocence so you know we'll see. Well, it's it's declared, and so go sit down. Go sit down. You know, you you be lucky that you, now you know you're gonna have legal bills. Because can you imagine what the legal bill must have been for the Supreme Court and all of that? Oh, I know. Can you imagine. I know going to the Supreme, getting ready and getting all that. Oof. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. And then when we move on further to the stuff that was happening, we got Derek Chauvin, his his um, sentence by the what was it? Who was it that the judge? What? Twenty two, twenty two and a half years. Yes. For the murder of George Floyd. So he's sentenced to twenty two and a half years. And that's something, too. That's a significant sentence. For, for him, but I'm sure they're going to be appealing and this and that and this and that. So, you know, we have to wait and see how that pans out. I know. Mm-hmm. You know, what was interesting, mm-hmm. I kept saying his mother got up on his behalf and I kept trying to say, it didn't look to me like he had any relatives in the um, Yes, I remember you said in that. In the courtroom. Did you, you know, remember we had that, we had that yes, conversation? Yes, we I sure think? did. Yes. I don't remember seeing anybody. No, and so where did she come from? Is that the mom for real? I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I guess. Yeah. Well, the plot thickens on this, so we shall see. It does. I know. We shall see. But we will it say does. that's still the first for them to even, first of all, they convicted the guy for second degree uh, what unintentional right. murder and then second degree right. manslaughter and then third degree right. murder so they did that right. and now they're sentencing the guy for 22 and a half years so i don't know if he will if it will be shortened or you know who knows i don't know you know a lot of people are saying well it was a slap on the wrist he'll go in and but i don't know you know he may, he may do the serious time what is more scary uh-huh is that they're going to have to keep him in solitary confinement, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. Don't you? Oh, yeah. He will never be able to be put out in public population. Nope. Yeah. He will never be able to be put out in, in public population. So, yeah. We will watch on that big time. We yeah, watch we got to really watch on that. They, they need to be very careful with him and not make, because, you know, you've seen situations like Jeffrey Dahmer, they killed him. Oh, big time. Uh, you know, there's several situations where, you know, pedophile folks and child molesters and 
people like this, they go into prison and the outcome isn't that good. They have to keep them in, in solitary confinement, which is, you know, that's a second sentence for him. Right. And then this is, you know, this is a high-profile case. I mean, come on. Exactly. You know, everybody's going to know who he is when he goes in there. Big time. So, yeah. But what do you think about the latest with the condo collapsing in Miami? No, I mean, how did that happen? You know, you and I have both been to Florida. And, I mean, Mm -hmm. I I agree. It just looks like when I'm down there, it's like, they're just building, 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 and building and top of building and top of building. And there are all kinds of theories and stuff that are coming out now about, you know, there were structural problems, you know, months mm-hmm. ahead of time. Who knew what, like they said with Richard Nixon, what did they know and when did they know it? That's it. And, but one of the things that I heard, too, was that they were going to have to assess people so many tens of thousands of dollars to do the actual you know, uh, repair of the damages that they needed to do for that building. Like, I was hearing upwards of, like, maybe 10000 for some people, and some people that had maybe even a more expensive condominium, $100,000. Wow. Yeah. So they were going to have to assess those people, which is probably one of the reasons they dragged on trying to make any repairs. They didn't have any money. The Homeowners Association probably didn't have any money, but it's just tragic seeing those people down there. And they, it's been a week, and they've only pulled out, what did I hear when I just, before I got on with you? Yeah, it's a Maybe t- 15? Yeah, maybe that. Maybe that, because at maybe least, because now, because when I when I um, looked at the article you here, it says twelve, yeah, but 12. but I yeah. think I think it might be fifteen now. We don't know, yeah. but it but yeah, as right. of this morning, it was twelve. You know, and then a hundred and forty nine unaccounted for. But come on now, I mean, that's been a long time. That's been since what last okay. Thursday? A week. Just like a pancake. It went down like a pancake. Yeah, when you saw and those. so they say, just a pancake. And they say, here's some of the challenges. Debris is falling, the pieces of concrete the crew's dealing with are the size of basketball, baseball. Mm-hmm. Ray Jadala, the assistant fire chief of operations for Miami-Dade, said Monday, he said that about the basketballs and, and baseball size debris. Miami-Dade County Mayor Daniela Levine Cabba said Friday that debris is falling on crews at the site as they do their work. We have structural engineers on site to assure that they won't be injured, but they are proceeding because they are motivated. Mm-hmm. Debris is shifting mm. overnight. Debris fell from portions of the building, said the Surfside Mayor Charles Burkett, and workers were steering clear of a 45-foot area next to the building because of concerns about overhanging debris from the standing portion. And the pile of rubble shift. The mm-hmm. situation at hand is we're not lifting floor by floor. We're dealing about, we're talking about concrete. We're talking about steel. Every time there's an action, there's a reaction. He said on Sunday, if crews were looking through the rubble, a rescuer, they, and this is one I saw on television, they had taken the family to look at the, you know, site, and a guy fell 25 feet down a pile of the collapsed building. So it, you know. There's a lot of fires in there, wind and rain and all this. I heard a guy from Israel this morning, they brought the Israeli team in, uh-huh. and they have been able to find pockets. You know, they were hoping they could find pockets where people had could get air mm-hmm. and maybe some water from rain. But they, when they went in and crawled into these pockets, the people were dead that they found. Oh, wow. Mm. So, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's something. And just to see those pictures, because when they were showing the pictures, I was like, that looks like a, you know how they have those scheduled demolition for those big buildings uh-huh. like that? Uh-huh. And it uh-huh. just come down like that uniformly, you know, with boom. Right. Just, I was like, right. okay. I'm just curious as to, you know, when they really find out what really happened. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Me too. I hope they can get to the bottom of it. I know. But but, this is tragic. I mean, a lot of people, you know, families, this is tragic. Mothers, fathers, daughters, all of that. It's like 9-11 all over again. I know. It's terrible. So our prayers definitely go out to to the families and all of those people. Yes. Yes. We always try to have some type of health tilt. And because I talked about weight loss, I talked about obesity and all of that, here are some health tips. We have weight loss, diet tactics, and these are tactics backed by solid science. And this article, which was found in the Idea Fitness Journal, 
Um, the article is named The Science of Eating Better. As we talked about, you know, yes, you need to exercise, but you also need to hone in on your eating to combat obesity and overweight. Here are some of the tactics and the tips that research supports. I thought was very interesting. Number one, drinking water before meals. Preloading with water likely expands your stomach, making you feel more full and making it easier to control food intake. Number two, counting your bites. And this is what I thought was interesting. Counting your bites. Counting your bites allows you to document your food intake, reducing your bite count is a reliable way to limit food intake and lose weight. That all boils down to portion control. The less you chewing on. The the better. But also research has shown that if you chew more slowly, that helps keep your calorie intake in check. And it gives you a better chance to feel full as well instead of gulping your food down so counting your bites taking your time as you chew your food all right number three eating beans and other pulses so you know we always talk about the fiber in the food these foods are excellent sources of protein especially beans and dietary fiber the fiber these type of foods can fill you up on fewer calories. Number four, avoiding grazing. We talk about this during the day. You know, don't just be eating all day. Research studies have challenged the notion that nibbling all day reduces the tendency to overeat at mealtime, right? It challenges that notion that nibbling all day reduces the challenge to eat, to overeat. So what do you need to do? Stop grazing and just wait and eat at your mealtime. You really won't overeat. <laughs> because guess what? You know, and I always say that. You know how they go uh, six meals. They say, oh, chop it up. Do small meals. And, and I say that. Do small meals, you know, six meals a day. But then I have to think, okay, hold on a minute. Some people's meals, we think it's just a little uh, apple and a, a, a juice or something. Exactly. No, it's a whole meal. Exactly. exactly. So no, no, no. Avoid the grazing during the day and eat during your specific meal time. The next one, resisting temptation from packaging that touts um, weight loss benefits. And yes, studies find that people eat more of a product when they look at the label that has the word like fitness or reduce fat, or reduce carbs, or, re- you know, but that's, those are labeling tactics to get you to buy that food. Something to lure you in. To lure you in. Usually, it's not that, right? It's full of something that you probably shouldn't be eating and overeating with these packagings. Number six, eating your heaviest meals earlier in the day is a nice weight loss, diet tactic, and research supports that. Research finds that people tend to burn more fat in the morning and less fat in the evening. So try, because I know a lot of people don't eat breakfast, but try at least do that mid-snack or your lunch. Make that your heaviest meal instead of waiting to the evening for your heaviest meal, okay? And last but not least, Another weight loss diet tactic, which I thought was very interesting, research supports this, ordering restaurant meals online. Why is that? Well, they found out that people tend to buy fewer extra items when they place their orders online. And this prevents excess calorie consumption. Now, isn't that something? Wow, that's like DoorDash. Yeah, different things. Yeah, ordering your stuff or, you know, some restaurants have it where you can order your stuff online and you just pick up carry out or whatever, because the more you sit, it's the ambiance of the thing. You know, the more you sit and I I can vouch for this, 
if you know, I haven't been to my wonderful restaurant Station Square. I haven't really been in there. I just only order my stuff, carry out curbside, and I just mm-hmm. I just say exactly what I want and that's what I get. If I'm in there, I might order uh, something else to go with this or or if I'm sitting there or maybe order some wine or maybe order this or maybe uh, maybe I have some dessert or, you know, so the more you sit and enjoy that ambiance because it's set up that way, you know, the dark lights and all that Yeah. <laughs> to get us comfortable. Lure you in. They lure you in. You know how you get more bread and all. no. Yeah. If you order yeah. specifically and that's for, you know, online, whatever restaurant it is. It doesn't matter. Research shows that you you order fewer extra items and that prevents you from having all of those calories, that extra calorie consumption. Isn't that something? Interesting. Yeah. So those (laughs) are some of the tips that research supports for you to really think about when you are trying to you know, cut back and to lose weight. And you can find the full article, The Science of Eating Better. It's in the Idea Fitness Journal for those that want to look it up. All right. What's the latest then? Do you have any latest this time? Well, the latest is I just was on television this afternoon talking about the new Delta variant that's here in the United States. It started in India. Mm -hmm. And it's rising fast and furious and the deal is we got to get more people vaccinated because we're nowhere near close to herd immunity president biden was hoping that we'd have 70 percent of the united states vaccinated by july the 4th well that's just not going to happen and even if we look at the state of of ohio we have 46 percent of people who've had one dose but only 44% of people who have had both doses or a full vaccine with the, you know, J&J or whatever. Mm-hmm. And low numbers in young people and low numbers still in African-Americans and Latinos. So we have a problem. Yes, so we do. That's the latest. That's the latest. Oh, wow. The key is to try to get people, more people vaccinated. 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 Yes. That is the key. Because as long as we have unvaccinated people, the virus is going to run to them and mutate. Even if it doesn't make you sick, it will mutate. And then you'll be spreading it to somebody else. And that's how these mutations work. So we have to get people vaccinated. We have to get people vaccinated. And so, yeah, that's a challenge within itself, though. But, yeah. It is. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Thank you, Dee. You're welcome. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Vicki Haywood-Doe. I just wanted to break in for a quick second and introduce to you the sponsor and creator of this show. It's the company I own, Haywood Doe Consulting Co., doing business as Vicky Doe Fitness. We are a health and wellness consulting company that specializes in designing and implementing medically integrated applied exercise physiology-based fitness wellness programs initiatives, events, health promotion, and health education for special populations such as older folks, children, adolescents, overweight and obese individuals, cardiac rehab, women's health, and those who have chronic diseases. We have a team and network of healthcare professionals based out of Northeast Ohio, and we've worked with many companies, schools, churches, and organizations. If your goal is to transform your life by taking a holistic approach to living a life of health and total well-being, get in touch with us at info at To find out more about our own site and online programs and services, go to vikidofitness.com. And now back to the show. Today we talk about research articles and hot topics. And our topic today is what's new, hot topics number 67. Our first article, which I thought was interesting, is it says when your job harms your mental health. And this was 
written in the New York Times, Naomi Osaka, and we and this was like big time news when she mm-hmm. didn't want to talk to the press because of her mental health and she took a stand. Mm-hmm. And so this article is written based on that. And it says Naomi Osaka advocated for her well-being at and in her tennis, professional tennis, that's her word. And so it's given us suggestion on here's how you can too. It starts out, haven't we all been Naomi Osaka at some point in our lives? Okay, we may never know what it's like to be the second ranked woman in tennis or the world's highest paid athlete, but like the star, the sports star, many of us have been stuck in situations that are detrimental to our mental health at work or in our personal lives, feeling torn between societal expectations and self-preservation. Miss Osaka chose to care for herself. She chose to care for herself ahead of the French Open when she announced that she would not, in quotes, do any press because the news conferences could be damaging to the mental health of the players. True to her word, after winning her first round match on, it was past Sunday, I can't remember the date, but she skipped her post-match news conference. And as she later explained in an Instagram post, she was feeling vulnerable, anxious, and press events um, give her huge waves of anxiety. Her decision to avoid the press did not go over well with tennis officials. Miss Osaka was fined $15,000 and the leaders of the four Grand Slam tournaments, the Australian, French and United States Opens, Wimbledon, um, threatened to expel her from the French Open. Instead, Miss Osaka announced she would withdraw from the tournament. And this is what she wrote in her social media post. The truth is that I have suffered long bouts of depression since the U.S. Open in 2018, and I have had a really hard time coping with that. Now, regardless of the type of work you do, your job can affect your mental health and vice versa. And like Miss Osaka, you have choices when it comes to preserving and improving your well-being. Now, this was said by Benjamin Miller, the chief strategy officer for Wellbeing Trust, a national foundation focusing on mental health and well-being. And he said, we would not fault her if she had a sprained ankle. But when it comes to mental health, which we know is equally, if not more important than your physical health, we have this arbitrary standard of what's acceptable and what's not. A survey Over 5,000 employees conducted last year by the advocacy group Mental Health America found that 83% of respondents felt emotionally drained from work and 71% strongly agreed that the workplace affects their mental health. While the respondents were not representative of the general population, they most likely found the survey when visiting the organization's mental health screening tools. Their responses show just how anxious some workers have become. Women and people of color may shoulder a disproportionate amount of emotional stress both in and outside of the workplace. Women are at least twice as likely to have had depression as men, according to federal data. And black people are less likely than non-Hispanic white people to receive treatment for depression or prescription prescription medications for mental health. A 2020 report from Lean In and McKinsey and Company noted that black women were less likely to get the support they needed to advance in their fields than white women. Miss Osaka, who is a black and Asian descent, acted admirably when she stood up for her needs. Several mental health experts said it can benefit all of us to be on the lookout for signs that we might need to make changes at work or get professional help, they added. So evaluate your feelings. Everyone 
has some awareness of their baseline functioning at work, said Dr. Jesse Gold, a psychiatrist at Washington University in St. Louis. So if you start to notice you're losing interest in your job or your productivity plummets, it's an indication that something is off, she said. For example, you might notice that you dread starting work each day or you feel so anxious that you have trouble thinking about everything that you're supposed to do. Perhaps your emails are piling up and you aren't communicating with people as much as you typically would. If you're feeling ineffective in your job, you may also start to engage in more negative self-talk like, I'm no good at my job anyway. I'm useless. And this was said by Dr. Gold. An even bigger warning sign that work is affecting your mental health is if your work tanks your mood to the point that it starts to damage your personal relationships, Dr. Gold added. For example, you may find that you're picking more fights with your partner, becoming more irritated by your children, or avoiding social activities in ways that you normally wouldn't. Think about what might be causing these feelings. Is there one aspect of your job responsibility that is causing most of your distress? Do you have an underlying health problem like depression that has not been treated? Is it some combination of the two? Another thing to do is get support. Once you realize you need help, seek out a trusted friend, mentor, coworker, peer group or therapist. And this was said by Inger Burnett Ziller, an associate professor of psychiatry and behavior sciences at Northwestern University Feinberg School of Medicine, who researches black women's mental health. This should be a place where you can feel seen, heard, and validated. A place where you are able to be your fully authentic self without fear of judgment or negative repercussions. Many employers also offer employee assistant programs that have a variety of services, including short-term counseling from licensed therapists or referrals to outside experts who can help with the specific problem you're having. These services are often touted as confidential, but even so, some employees may feel uncomfortable using them. Your company may also have partnerships with other organizations that provide wellness classes or free career coaching. It's worth investigating all of the options, the expert says. Set boundaries. Once you've found a supportive person to hear you out, together you can start to come up with a game plan to improve your work life and emotional well-being. Think about what you need most. Is it an accommodation like a short-term disability leave or would it simply help to have more flexibility in your work schedule? Do you need to set limits as to when and how often you respond to work messages? Before addressing any of these with your supervisor, be sure to consider how your proposed solution would work within the context of your team because that's what your employer would want to know as well. In other words, show how your idea will benefit the group as a whole. During the pandemic, mental health problems have been pervasive. A center's for Disease Control and Prevention report concluded that in June of 2020, 40% of adults in the United States had been struggling with mental health or substance abuse issues. It's okay to be open and admit to yourself and those you trust that you're struggling right now. This was said by Paul Frito, the president and chief executive of Mental Health America. In fact, he added, most good employers are going to be asking, what can I do for you? You may also decide to keep your concerns private and address them with your therapist. And that's okay too. Creating healthy work boundaries is vital, expert says. Remember, this was said by Dr. Burnett Zittler, 
Remember that you are a worthy and valuable human being separate from your job function, productivity, and even how you might be evaluated by others. When feelings of self-doubt and not belonging show up, don't lose sight of the unique talents and ideas that bring you to the workplace. And so at the end of this article, it says it is illegal for an employer to discriminate against you simply because you have a mental health condition. And according to the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, if you have a qualifying condition like major depression or post-traumatic stress disorder, you have a legal right to a reasonable accommodation that will help you do your job For example, the ability to schedule work around therapy appointments, a quiet office space, or permission to work from home. And this was said by Mr. Grinofredo. I can't pronounce his name, but this is what he said. What we need to (laughs) do. No, I said what he said. That's what people say today. Like what she said, what he said. What he yeah. said. What Gian he said. Fri- Gianfrido. Gianfrido. Okay, Gianfrido. What he said. He said. <laughs> <laughs> what we need to do is to recognize that anxiety is real. Depression is real. This is a really good time for people to do their personal assessment because there are opportunities to find more meaningful work out there so i thought this was a good article because it yeah was good. you got to stand up for it your was, rights it right was good you know and there's just still such a stigma attached to this still mm-hmm. yeah so no you can stand up for your good. health right you stand up for your exactly. mental health at work Absolutely. and understand that you can't lose your job people can't discriminate against you for that reason that's it you cannot lose your job yeah. It's illegal. Mm-hmm. It is illegal. Yes, yes. So our next article, are you a night owl or a morning lark? One may protect you from depression, a study says. Do you bounce out of bed early in the morning full of zest and ready to go? Or do you slap the snooze alarm until the last possible second and drag your tired body to work? Hooray, if you're a morning lark because your natural sleep habits or circadian rhythms are aligned with traditional eight to five work schedules and school drop-off times. But it's a bummer if you're a night owl, primed to perform better in the afternoon and eat an evening and stay up late, according to a new study published Monday or last Monday in the Journal of uh, Molecular Psychiatry. The study used sleep data gathered from risk activity monitors worn by 85,000 participants of the UK Biobank study, which houses in-depth genetic and health information on more than half a million Brits. The health problems associated with being a night owl are likely a result of being a night owl living in a morning person's world, which leads to disruption in their body's circadian rhythm, said sleep specialist Kristen Knutson, an associate professor of neurology and preventive medicine, again at the Northwestern University Feinberg School of Medicine, who was not involved in the study. Defying our internal body clock appears to be highly associated with levels of depression, and having a higher misalignment was associated with higher odds of depression, said study author Dr. Jessica Terrell, a senior lecturer at the University of Exeter Medical School in the U.K. Good news for morning people. On the flip side, a novel and important finding of the study is that those who love getting up in the morning were less likely to have irregular sleep timing than night owls, Nutson said. If you're a normal person, then you're less likely to have depression and more likely to report a higher well-being. This may in part be due to people who are morning people are less likely to have social jet lag, Terrell explained. Social jet lag occurs when we go to bed later and wake up later at the weekend than we do on weekdays when we have to get up to go to work. It's a term borrowed from the jet lag we experience when we travel between time zones. Only social jet lag is the consequence of the discrepancy between an individual's own biological rhythm and the daily timing determined by social constraints, Terrell explains. Other possible reasons include more exposure to sunlight for those who rise early. Nutson said light exposure is greater among morning types 
and may be reduced in those with greater sleep variability. Indeed, bright light therapy is a treatment for some forms of depression. Mm. So circadian misalignment could also lead to inadequate sleep duration and quality, which could also impair mood and exacerbate mood disorders. And finally, there's the chicken and the egg problem, which often plagues research that can only show an association, not causation. It's also possible that people with depression have more irregular sleep schedules, which would need to be explored in further research. So there you have that. I'd like to talk about this next article. Okay, go ahead. It's just been an observation that I have observed myself. Uh A big rise in U.S. teens identifying as gay, bisexual. It just seems any more like, am I wrong? It's just more teens in the United States reporting their sexual identity mm-hmm. as gay, lesbian, or bisexual. Mm-hmm. Between 2015 and 2019, the percentage of 15 to 17-year-olds who said they identified as non-heterosexual rose from 83 to 11%, according to the Center for Disease Control. Mm-hmm. Although our analyses demonstrated that there has been a significant increase in the proportion of girls and boys that self-identified as gay, lesbian, or bisexual, We cannot be certain if this represents a true increase of this magnitude or reflects, at least in part, greater comfort by teens with acknowledging a non-heterosexual identity on an anonymous questionnaire, said Dr. Andrew Adisman, who led an analysis of the finding. Adisman is Chief of Developmental and Behavioral Pediatrics at Cone Children's Medical Center in New York City. Since 2015, the CDC's youth Risk Behavior Survey has included questions about respondent sexual identity and the sex of their intimate contacts. Before 2015, those questions were included only on some regional versions of the survey. Analysis of regional survey data between 2005 and 2015 had shown a rise in non-heterosexual sexual identity for both boys and girls. The new nationwide survey included 20,000-plus boys and 21,000-plus girls average age of 16. In addition to the overall increase, the percentage of boys who identified as non-heterosexual rose from 4.5 to 5.7 percent. For girls, the increase was greater. I would believe that. From 12.2 to 17, the findings showed. Dr. Amy Green is vice president of research for the Trevor Project, a nationwide group that provides crisis intervention and suicide prevention services to non-heterosexual youth. Green noted that young people today have greater access to information and language that can help them understand their identity. Gen Z youth also have the most positive attitudes towards the LGBT community, which can reduce the stigma associated with identifying this way, said Dr. Amy Green. She also noted that the Trevor Project's own surveys consistently find that young people understand and want to express the nuances of their sexual orientation. This is why we advocate for the collection of this information in both research and clinical settings to better inform policies, programs, and practices aimed at supporting the well-being of LGBT youth. Joseph Kosui is research director of the GLSEN in New York City, which has worked for 30 years to help schools become safer and more affirming of LGBTQ students. He hopes his study is reflective of that work and that schools are more welcoming places where students can be themselves. I think the climate in schools is better, and youth are more comfortable. And I think that, in general, youth of the current generation are more open to just being who they are. When LGBT students are in supportive school environments, the teen years can be positive for them. For others, schools can feel unsafe and not affirming, Kiswas said. Even in such circumstances, there can be spaces of hope and comfort, including gender and sexuality alliance clubs, he added. Supportive school environments include those where students see themselves reflective and protective policies with the same access to the school and activities as everyone else. That includes locker rooms and bathrooms that align with their gender, identity, or being allowed to bring a same-sex date to the prom. To the extent students can be a part of school life, they do better in school and they thrive. And so I think it could be an exciting time for many LGBTQ students, he said. And it really is the responsibility as a school to ensure that by having their schools be safe and affirming spaces for them. The increase in teens who identified as non-heterosexual was not matched by a corresponding increase in same-sex 
intimate contact. Though the survey showed modest increases, they were not large enough to be statistically significant. Dr. Adisman said the likely explanation for the higher proportion of girls who identified as gay or bisexual and corresponding increase in same-sex activity is because the stigma for boys remains far greater than for girls. High school can be a very difficult time for teens in so many ways, and it is especially challenging for teens who identify as gay or bisexual. Knowing that gay and bisexual youth are at greater risk for social isolation and victimization, as well as emotional problems, and I would also add suicide. I know. Personnel and healthcare professionals need to be more vigilant regarding these concerns for what appears to be an increased proportion of high school students in the U.S. The findings were published in the Journal of American Medical Association Pediatrics. There you have it. I think that people, the students or the young folks, are coming out more because it's becoming more acceptable now. What do you think? It is. I agree. I completely agree. That's why they're having the courage to come out and, you know, just be themselves. And they have that support. Parents are more supporting now. You know, I think right. because right. Right. I think maybe, you know, still when it comes to black folks, we, we still don't accept our children that are gay and all that and bisexual Correct. and all that like the other groups of people. But we're getting there. We're getting there. And that was what that was a problem also with the HIV AIDS situation. OK. You know, one of the reasons that. You know, African-Americans were held back so much in terms of treatment and identifying themselves as gay and bisexual and getting treatment and tested and all that is because the stigma that was surrounding it, especially in the black community. Big time. And I don't know that things have really changed that much because you still have a lot of problems where, you know, people are not availing themselves of PrEP and this and that. So a lot of work has to be done. And I agree with you that I think we still have a problem in the black community. This this mm-hmm. article mm-hmm. didn't mention race. No, it didn't. Mm-mm. Am I wrong? This article did not mention race. No, it didn't. Mm-hmm. And so I think it'll and be so different. I'm interested to know how it broke down by yeah. race. Yeah, yeah. I think it'll be a little bit different, you know. I do too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I do too. Good article, right? Yeah. So, so we are yeah, changing. We are changing, huh? Yeah. Yeah, we are. Yeah. And like yeah, you, are. like you said, it goes back. A, a lot of things um, relate to each other, meaning. If we accept who we are, then we'll be able to better treat or look at these issues that affect a certain exactly. that's a certain population. Exactly. So if you accept Absolutely. that you are gay and bisexual and we are more accepting of it, then we can hone in on the problem of HIV AIDS, right? Exactly. Exactly. Our last article, AHA News misguided masculinity keeps many men from visiting the doctor visiting the doctor so true for visiting the doctor here we go and this was written in health day news and it says it's a cliche that men don't like to visit the doctor but unlike tropes about refusing to ask for directions yeah because you know men (laughs) oh lord yeah they refuse to ask for directions or putting away yes. their laundry. This one has definitely serious health ramifications. Yes. It's a fact that men are less likely than women to get preventative screenings, seek timely medical care, or guess what? Be vaccinated by COVID-19 or the flu. Men also have shorter lifespans than women. Although reasons for the life expectancy gap are complex, biology explains only part of it. And this was said by Winsdom Powell, director of UConn Health Disparities Institute in Hartford, Connecticut. There's something social happening, says Powell, who also is an associate professor of psychiatry at UConn Health. She and other researchers who have looked at why men avoid the doctor often focus on stereotypical concept of masculinity. Mary Himmenstein, an associate professor in the Department of Psychology Science at Kent State University in Ohio, said men 
often think acknowledging pain or seeking health means someone's going to take my man card away from me. <laughs> that means yeah. that means not only are they reluctant to visit a doctor when they're sick or injured, they might not communicate honestly once they're there. Men believe, quote, I have to put on this front and I have to be consistently strong. I can't be seen as weak. I can't be seen as emotional because if I am, I'm going to lose social status. The problem is consistent among age groups, she said. Hemenstein said, although it tends to taper off as men get older and their health problems mount. Not all men think in this super masculine way, but those who, who do are most at risk. Power agreed. The message is take it like a man. Boys don't cry. Walk it off. And soldier on are things that some men internalize with a particular level of rigidity. Broader factors also are in play, Powell said. From the onset of puberty, the healthcare system encourages women to see doctors regularly. So they get a kind of early life health socialization that boys and men are often not privy to, except in instances that boys play organized sports and they have to get a physical. Men also tend to have higher levels of mistrust in the medical system and people who mistrust doctors are less likely to seek care. Now this is important. Mistrust is a particular issue among black men. Historic racism and the infamous Tuskegee syphilis study are often cited as causes, but Powell said the problem is more about the here and now. Constant personal affronts, the kind of racism that creates deaths by a thousand cuts, chip away at men's trust in the healthcare system. In the face of such challenges, Powell said, stereotypical notions of masculinity might actually protect black men. According to a study she led, published in the Journal of General Internal Medicine, black men who reported higher levels of self-reliance, the idea that a man takes his destiny into his own hands, were less likely to put off blood pressure and cholesterol screenings. To Powell, this points the way toward a solution. We can flip that script in some ways, saying to men that the way to be a man about your life or to show up as someone strong and as a protector is to take care of your health. Powell said that black men in particular who have been subjected to systematic dehumanization need a moment where they feel connected, seen, and validated. So I like this article because we do, men do hook on or hold on to their masculinity and especially black men. But I like how she says that black men who have higher levels of self-reliance, they take care. They know their numbers, you know. Maybe we can come well, from can that angle. You. What do you think? Well, you know, I, well, I can tell you that in thinking about this, that I think one of the big, big problems where this has really been a problem is in prostate cancer. Okay, yeah. You know, yeah. men have not wanted to go to the doctor. You know, they mistrust. They don't want to have the rectal examination, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it has not bodes black men well because by the time they come in, many of them have advanced disease. And, uh, you know, that's why I was hoping one day that we could still get Dr. Modlin on from the Cleveland Clinic. I know. You know, who's one of the world's experts in prostate disease and black men to come and talk about this issue, about what a, it, what a problem it is in trying to get, you know, this, this masculinity thing with men, especially with and colon cancer, too. And, you know, we, we have, have had a friend who had colon cancer it, it can be a problem. Black men and masculinity. I mean, because it happens with it happens. It happens across the board. This whole masculinity thing with, with, with men, but even more so for black men. But there is historic reasons. You know, it's not like it's just whatever, but there are reasons for that. 
because right. of... Right, and it's not like it just popped out of the sky. It's not like it doesn't have any basis for right. their, you know, their mistrust is what we're trying to say, right? Right, exactly. The mistrust of the yes. whole system and how right. black men right. have been treated in the past. Right, right. There's, as we would say, there's cause for concern. Cause for concern. That's exactly it. These were good articles. And so, D, this ends our show. Do you have some health tips that you want us to think about? Well, some more tips. You know, I'd like to reflect, I'd like to reflect back on those, the, I guess you call them tenants or whatever you wanted to call them about, you know, weight loss, drinking water, mm-hmm. chewing slowly, all these kinds of things that we talk about, especially when we were talking about statistics with obesity in this country. And as we talked about, probably going to be higher after we look at the COVID statistics. That's one. Mm-hmm. And then also the article on LGBT teens. You know, we know that and we have, we see. And also social media has played a role into this where kids have been gay shamed and LGBTQ Yeah, shamed. you're right. You're and right. we see a lot of suicides. Mm-hmm. Um, that have result from that, resulted from that. So, you know, that's a good article, and I'm glad that, you know, we brought that up. It's, it's a topic that continues to, to need attention as we all start to change our ways of looking at things and thinking about things. Yeah, our, our perspective of things, yes, exactly. yes. And I, I like how you connected that, you know, if we can – and this is across the board for mental health for a lot of issues. If we can just if we can just shut people up and the, the media and just get over all these stereotypical stuff and this stigma, we can concentrate on better health. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, social media has been good in some respects, but in other respects mm-hmm. it can be detrimental. Yes. How we think. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Those are the things so, that we yeah. talk about on our show. It's all about health and fitness, right? <laughs> all about health and fitness. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly it. And as always, for more information, go to our website, vikidofitness.com. And remember, if you have any questions, comments, or just something to say, tweet us, email us, go on Facebook, and share with us your thoughts. You've been listening to It's All About Health and Fitness with Dr. Vicki Hayward-Doe and Dr. Virginia Banks-Bright. Vicki Doe is owner of Vicki Doe Fitness, a multimedia health and wellness forum, a place to discuss, learn, and participate in healthy living. You can get in touch with Vicki by email at info at vickidofitness.com.